A billion years ago, there was nothing but space. Then one of God's wet farts threw all the planets in place. There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus, but planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello, Hello, babies. babies. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Uh, this is our show. <sighs> Podcasting's our game. Emily's <laughs> my name. <laughs> I have, Lisa's what I am. Yeah, shame is my fame. Um, I'm releasing myself from the introduction of this podcast now. I blame you for it. <laughs> 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 How are you doing, Lisa? I'm good. Uh, it's been, I was just thinking about how long it's been since I've, uh, this is stupid. I don't know. I just, my my body feels bad and it's been so long since I've been able to like go to physical therapy or anything like that. It's just. Oh, yeah. Uh, I keep seeing massage scenes in TV shows and movies and feeling like a palpable longing. Yeah. <laughs> even, Which is I mean, like the most bougie camp complaint about. <laughs> it's It sounds bougie, but like getting a massage, I'd get a massage like every two months or so um, in the before days. And mm-hmm. it really helped me with a lot of like chronic pain <laughs> issues. Yeah. It was like really, really helpful. Um, and it also made me sad that I like wasn't able to like, have our masseuse, come, you know, the regular masseuse that I see, like it just, yeah. I don't know, it really sucked. Um, so I'm looking forward to that maybe changing soon. Ah, things are going to change. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm like, I have such uh, conflicting feelings about how like, like I'm so happy everyone's getting vaccinated and that they're, you know, opening up eligibility in California soon and all of that, but I also have like real deep apprehension about going back to life as it was. Me too. My uh, one of my friends was like talking about how she wanted to have like a backyard gathering, and she was like, "And we'll have all the finger foods, and it'll be a potluck." And I was like, "This is cyberbullying." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I am. Yeah, I I, I just don't know how I'm going to feel. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to start weeping in public yeah. when we start seeing people again. I yeah. I feel, like, weird about... I, like, I I just feel like I'm going to need to ease back into socializing, for sure. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. It'll be like getting into a cold swimming pool, which is, like, how I feel about socializing anyways. <laughs> so maybe it won't be that different. It, it'd be... A good exercise, maybe, in, like, asserting our boundaries. Um, Yeah. Like, if I'm invited to a birthday party at an indoor restaurant, I will probably say no for quite a while. And I'll just need to be okay with, like, maybe people thinking I'm weird for doing that. But I just, it doesn't feel right to me yet. So. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is. Even if it's technically safe, it's just, I don't want to. It definitely got easier for me to sort of manage decision making once it was clear that it was like, oh, I'm just not going to do any of that. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Like it, it, in part, it was like, oh, I feel a responsibility to do this, but also it's just. I don't want to make a million decisions and I I don't feel comfortable or confident enough about like I sh- I'm not a scientist. I shouldn't have to try and figure out what the risk factor is of like doing something like that. But like even as things get safer, I'm like now that we're going to have to sort of start figuring out our own boundaries again. It's like I'm nervous about navigating that socially for sure. Yeah, I think everyone is to some degree. Like everyone's moving at a different pace and everyone feels differently about it. So, I think it's it's okay to feel weird and it's okay to weep. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you feel moved to do so. Yeah. I think every every reaction is is okay and acceptable. I and I, appropriate. Ho- I hope that that's right. I think Unless you're like screaming about not wanting to wear a mask in the middle of a store. That's not appropriate. Right, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's maybe, maybe check yourself. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I know, I know you've been doing that quite a bit, Emily, and I just wanted to <laughs> confront you about it on the pod. 
<laughs> this is just how I'm dealing with my pandemic fatigue. So you can't judge me. I, I'm embracing my most wretched Karen self. And <laughs> oh boy. Um, I wanted to talk about um, some like, you know, very little happens in my life anymore, but uh, I did go. <laughs> down a pretty deep rabbit hole a couple weeks ago um i had a dream and apologies in advance for talking about a dream i had (laughs) but i had a dream (laughs) that um i dressed up as heathcliff for halloween and knowing (laughs) that everyone would assume i was garfield yeah that's the that's the danger (laughs) and that but that was part of the joke of the costume in the dream i was like it'll be a really funny joke when everyone assumes i'm garfield and i tell them i'm heathcliff like that was the joke of the costume. Um, and I posted a good dream. <laughs> solid. And I posted about that on Twitter. And through the replies, I grew to learn because Heathcliff was not in my paper growing up. I was not familiar with it. And I certainly have not kept up with it. But um, I grew to learn that since around 1998, Heathcliff was taken over by the nephew of the man who created it. And this nephew... Wow, nepotism. Nepotism. He... (laughs) No, it's a family business. He has taken Heathcliff in a very, very weird direction. Hmm. Heathcliff, by the way, is it's a it's a comic strip in the newspaper about a cat named Heathcliff. Um, and I really loved the cartoon when I was little because I thought the opening um, credits song was like, I've a heard banger. it's a like, banger. It's so good. A lot it's of so people good. were responding about that. And I I was not interested in that because that to me is, <laughs> a, is a different part of the canon because post yeah. this nephew taking over. It has become this weird like anti-joke thing like it has become it's like the weird internet but it just just keeps running and what's weird about it so i'm gonna try and maybe describe some heathcliff comics um there's just not really jokes in it and they don't make sense it feels like you're supposed to understand something that isn't there there's one way about most uh syndicated comics so there's one where Heathcliff is walking in front of a butcher shop and the butcher shop says meat and Heathcliff is walking next to a two story tall robot that also says meat. And the butcher is saying, I'm sure nothing will go wrong. Wow. And I, that almost, I almost understand there's a premise there, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Like the basic premise is that Heathcliff loves meat. Yeah. But it's really hard to understand there's a bunch where he's in front of the butcher shop and like it just says like a meat storm is coming um there's one where he's (laughs) coming coming out of like an ancient roman building that says meat museum and (laughs) and someone is standing nearby that just says where does he find these places I like that. Um, but the thing that That's I, funny. I also wanted to talk- <laughs> That's a solid comic right there. I love it. It works on every level. The thing I also wanted to talk about, I, and I almost did this in the Wiki of the Week section, but I'm going to spare you, but not really because I'm still going to talk about it, is there's a character named Garbage Ape. Um, <laughs> Garbage Ape is a character from- I feel that way about it. I feel like every ape should be called a Garbage Ape. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. I'm not a fan of primates. Primates. <laughs> Scare me. Um, it's a character from Heathcliff, and there's a, a cartoon where it's just it's garbage ape. He's walking down the street carrying two garbage cans, and cats are dancing. And two owls in a tree say, "Cats rejoice at the garbage ape's approach." That's the entire comic. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so, okay. Here's what they say about personality. The garbage ape appears at night and is usually depicted either carrying or knocking over garbage cans. The neighborhood cats adore him likely because he provides garbage for them to dine upon. His exact exact origins and goals are never stated in the comic. Um, and <laughs> un- <laughs> is he a friend of the cats? Does he like them? Is he is he, he also eating the trash or is he just He seems to have absolutely no no emotional connection to anything in the world. So the he's per- like he's just chaotic. He's just chaotic neutral. Chaotic, yeah, yeah, chaotic neutral. 
garbage is, is he doesn't have good or bad uh, <laughs> motivations for anything he just no, is garbage he, ape. he just is garbage ape and the, what he does the garbage apes exact purpose according to this wiki has been much debated it is only known for sure that he transports garbage from place to place and that alley cats adore and even revere him the mystery shrouding the ape has led some to suggest fantastical theories regarding his goals a previous version of this very article suggested that he was a quote supernatural entity obsessed with the slow decay of mankind another hypothesis wow. is that Heathcliff comic series takes place in a post-apocalyptic world in which mutated super intelligent animals chief among them the benevolent garbage ape rule the world uh perhaps more likely is that the garbage ape is simply a part of the city's waste management program in charge of either bringing garbage out to the curb or taking it away to the landfill this is supported by the ape's apparent dedication to duty regardless of the weather though human trash collectors do also exist in the Heathcliff universe <laughs> <laughs> but uh there was an article in the outline that i want to bring up that was came out a couple years ago um that uh he basically was investigating the internet's kind of new obsession with how weird heathcliff has gotten while still mm -hmm. staying in the newspaper and they tracked down the guy who writes it and he was basically like, yeah, I just am trying to be as weird as possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> he admitted it. Yeah, he said, honestly to me, what I get a kick out of is taking something like Heathcliff that everybody knows and doing something different with it, he said, speaking over the phone. It's not like someone doing a goof on a comic strip. I am the one doing it and it's still in the spirit of the comic. <laughs> it's, That's great. Yeah. It's really fascinating. I just recommend deep diving into Heathcliff. Anyway, I do think I'm going to be Heathcliff for Halloween and Peter's going to be Garbage Ape. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, we always have the best Halloween costume ideas and you have them so early. <laughs> and then no one understands what they are. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um did you see that house tour that Scott Adams gave of his home? No. Uh, he's the he's the creator Cre of Dilbert. Dilbert, famous libertarian asshole, Trump defender. Yeah. Yeah, basically misogynist, like a uh, horrible horrible yeah, he's man. Yeah, like a men's, 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 men's rights activist. Um Yeah, he's, he's always worst. like Trump is playing 10-dimensional chess or whatever. <laughs> oh god, he sucks. Um he gave a tour of his house and it's just horrible and it's really funny. And um, they actually talked about it on Double Threat podcast. It's like um, Julie Klausner and Do Tom Sharpling's podcast. Oh. Uh, and it's it's my favorite episode of their podcast. It's really funny. Oh my uh, gosh. I have to listen to that. I'm upset. I endorse it. <laughs> endorse horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Horse, horse, horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... The podcast is really funny, and that episode in particular makes me laugh so hard. And just them talking about his house tour is great. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Can you think of any particular horrors in his house that spring to mind? That <laughs> Just as a little amuse-bouche? Uh, <laughs> at one point, he like mentions having three microwaves for <laughs> making pop. And he's like, yeah, so when I like to make popcorn. Uh, but it's like... Why three? I it just it's so confusing. But then his house is like the most boring beige, just like everything looks like brown and stucco. It's just it sucks. Oh, it's like God. it's like a person with just no no imagination or creativity or sense of design or anything at all. Just like awful. Oh, <laughs> and he man. has like a man cave in the garage. It just oh it's horrible. I gotta I gotta see this. I gotta see this and listen to the podcast. Uh yes. Whew. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> um, what else is going on with you, Lisa? Um, I wanted to go on a little bit of a rant, just a tiny one. Um, that you Do we have Lisa's rant theme song to play? <laughs> <laughs> things I hate, things that make me mad. It's Lisa's rant. Um, Hold so, on to okay, your my pants. My favorite. <laughs> Better. Um, my favorite magazine is the Consumer Reports annual car issue. <laughs> I oh, you took my one-on-one -on -one question. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I love it. I wait for it every year. I I just it's my favorite. I don't know why. Um, and uh, this year I was waiting for it to come out. It comes out every April, 
and it did, but I have complaints about it. Um, I'm fed up by their rankings of car manufacturers. I think they don't make any goddamn sense. What do you think's going on there? Well, I think that they don't um, place enough importance on how green the manufacturers are. And especially now, I think that should be like the most important thing. Um, so they, they rank all the manufacturers by different things like the road test and like, you know, the reliability and then how green they are is like the bottom thing. And so they ranked Mazda number one and Mazda has zero hybrid or electric models. The fuck? Zero. Mazda is a great manufacturer. Like they, their cars are fun to drive. They're safe. You know, they're cute, but they have zero green vehicles. Uh, and Toyota is ranked number seven and Toyota has 12 hybrid electrics. That is by far the most of any manufacturer. The closest is uh, Honda with seven. Yeah. Um, most, most car manufacturers have zero or one hybrid electric. Um, and I, I am constantly like so mad about how the auto industry is so far behind. Like they could have been, they should be 15 years ahead of where they are right now. Like right now, suddenly all the manufacturers are like racing to compete, to like get an electric vehicle out there. And it's just like, you should have done this years ago, but like the government didn't do enough to like subsidize it or, you know, make it like, like now finally they're like, like, Oh, California of like chargers. and Yeah. Incentives. And now California is like, oh, it has to be, you know, we can't have any gas cars being made in like 2035, which it's just, it's too late. It's way too way little too, too late. late. Yeah. It makes me so mad. Um, And like Tesla is like douchey for sure. I really hate Elon Musk, but at least they figured out like people will buy electric cars if you make them look cool, you know, and like macho. Like, I mean, it's just been too long of manufacturers just saying like, oh, people aren't going to buy these, you know, like. Yeah. People see Priuses and think they're for pussies (laughs) or something. It's just like this really old fashioned belief about customers and like people will buy what you tell them to buy in commercials. They really will. Yeah. Also, Um, consumer behavior is like you can control it to a certain degree. You can shape it. Uh, And like, yeah, you you don't have to make a fucking pickup truck commercial that's like, do you have a dick that works? <laughs> I mean, you kind <laughs> of do. Prove it. <laughs> you kind of do have to do that, but you can yeah, do that but with like you don't have vehicles. to do it with uh, gas guzzlers. You can make it for yes. an electric car. <laughs> and we're now seeing that, like yeah. um, Hummer. Hummer is coming out with an electric um, very soon, uh, and there's a whole bunch of like really beefy like electric pickups and shit coming out in like the next you know three to five years. Um, and and now finally the technology is like improving so quickly it's just it's too little too late and it really pisses me off yeah it Um, really bothers me when there's like an obvious solution to not even an obvious solution because it's not a solution but like when there's something we could obviously be doing a lot better and we just don't yes and we just don't don't do it and it's so obvious like okay so i was really excited about the ford bronco that's coming out this year it's like a brand new ford bronco it's super cute but then they didn't make a plug-in electric or hybrid version. It's just a gas car. It's just, and it gets like, I don't know, 22 miles a gallon. It's just, it's so stupid. Um, And it's not like Ford doesn't have the ability to do that. They made a brand new electric Ford Mustang this year. Like, they can do it. Also, it's like with the Bronco especially, like, the the ads write themselves of like, if OJ didn't have to stop (laughs) for gas. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He had range anxiety, I'm sure. Yeah. He would have it range anxiety. Um, What age of person does not understand those jokes? I feel like (laughs) I am exactly old enough to just barely have that as my, like, go-to reference for a Ford Bronco. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still the reference for most people. But, yeah. I understand Um, now as I'm getting older, and I realize this is a tangent. I'm sorry. We can keep talking about cars for as long as you want. Um, Oh, you're the nicest. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's good friendship right there. But I'm realizing as I get older, and I'm, like, you know, being told by younger people that I can't part my hair on the side anymore, 
all that. that <laughs> Notice mine is aggressively <laughs> parted in the middle right now. Um, and I, but that like the reason why they make things like now that's what I call music is just for people like me to just listen <laughs> to all the important songs. So I understand the jokes people are making. <laughs> like I'm suddenly on the verge of buying and now that's what I call music because otherwise I won't know what the songs are. I just listen to like whatever Apple Music like number one hits like that like whatever their playlist is. Oh, you um, do? Just to, yeah, just to stay abreast of what's happening. I should out do there. that. Can we talk about the <laughs> the the parting of the hair thing? I don't think we did. I like that some people are really losing their minds yeah. about it. And no, I said, can we talk about it? We definitely oh, haven't. Can we talk about, about it? it? Yeah. Yes, we can. Um, but first, I oh yeah, finish <laughs> I talking just about cars. Say it's, Oh, I just want to say it's really funny how aggressively bored by cars you are, as are most people. <laughs> and I don't know why I like them. Uh, There's just nothing about a cool car that appeals to me. I think that's really fair. Um, I'm not sure. And I don't, I also don't know how to fix them. I only know the parts that don't matter. Like the other day, Adam was, you know, talking about cars and I was able to rattle off the length in inches of several of the cars he mentioned. And I just had memorized it. <laughs> like, why? Why is that? Imp I was like, oh, yeah, the RAV4, that's 180 inches long. And uh, the <laughs> Hyundai Kona is closer to like 164, I think. And I like knew the cargo <laughs> capacity. Like, I don't know why. I just like that shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also like when you, I don't know if, I forget if we talked about this, but you were like um, asking my advice on like what car to lease. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, you know, you should um, test drive them. And you were like, what information would I get from a test drive? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, good. Yes. That has the right vibration for me. <laughs> that's a good. But to me, I'm, I'm like, that's like saying like, what info would you get from tasting food? <laughs> But I think uh, most people are on in your on your side. I on think that. part of it is that I, when I started driving, I exclusively drove complete pieces of shit, and I was yeah. not told how to take care of them either. So I just like I fucking never washed my car. I never I cleaned never the inside car. of it. I didn't ever. That's like, I take I take bad care of my car. Like, <laughs> but I, I just don't wash like. It. I had this car for so long that was like it uh there was like one tape stuck in the tape player the like it would frequently <laughs> die it was like <laughs> what kind was it it was a Volvo sedan um oh I do like a Volvo yeah and it was like there were so many fucking problems with this car it like it had uh that's like the quintessential like Bay Area teen car is yeah. like a Volvo passed down from your parents. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was just like a real piece of shit and it just died all the time. <laughs> um, and <laughs> uh, yeah. So anytime a car has like uh, electric windows, I'm like, this car's amazing. Yeah. That's like all it takes to impress me. I should also say my current ride is a 2010 Prius. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and not even a nice one. It doesn't have any of the bells or whistles. It doesn't have a backup <laughs> camera. <laughs> and I hate driving it. It feels like driving a shoe. <laughs> but that's what I have. It's very practical. I I gotta say, like, I there's no going back for me with the backup camera. I don't know how I yeah. ever did it without a backup camera. I'm not uh, a good enough I don't have a good enough spatial reasoning to go without any of these features. I want one so bad. I want the I want the blind spot monitoring. Oh yeah. I want the I want the like pedestrian detection. Uh, so, I I'm gonna yeah. save lives out there whenever I get a new car. Oh yeah. So the car that I ended up getting um, with Lisa's help, um, it has a, a backup camera. It has blind spot monitoring, so that like anytime I turn on my turn signal, if there's someone in my blind spot, it'll just like beep at me like crazy. But then also That's amazing. Also when I back up, it beeps. Like when I'm in reverse, <laughs> kind of it goes like beep, beep, beep. And the other day I had to like pull out in order for Peter to get in the car. So he was standing on the outside and he was like, that sounds so crazy from the outside. Like it really makes you think there's like a Mack truck coming. <laughs> I kind of, can you turn off that feature? I don't know. 
I bet you could. It sounds a little annoying. <laughs> I mean, it could probably like save a child's life, but. Oh, man. Um, anyway, let's talk about the hair parting thing. Yes. Yes. Hair parting. So, yeah, this is like a thing on TikTok where uh, like people from Gen Z t- are telling millennials to stop parting their hair on the side because it makes them look bad and the part in the middle. And millennials are losing their minds about it. <laughs> Millennials are losing their minds about it, being like, how dare you? As if every generation before us hasn't reacted the exact same way to being told they're not cool anymore, as if you can talk younger people into thinking you're cool by scolding them. Like, grow up. And don't be like that. Like, you you can't talk younger people into thinking you're cool by scolding them. But I started thinking about, I was like, I was always under the impression that like middle parts were the fucking dorkiest thing you can imagine. And I really- They're so dorky. They're so dorky. And you know what? I realized the reason why I think that is because of Cogsworth, the clock from Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) He's like the ultimate nerd. And I looked, uh, I was like, that's who I think of when I think of a middle part is Cogsworth. And yeah, it's got kind of like a little boy Fauntleroy kind of yes. like. But it Well, it's like it, it goes up and then it like a little swoopy wing thing. It's like the worst. And I was looking up pictures of Cogsworth to <laughs> make this point online to be like, please have empathy for me because like. This is what I think of when I think of a center part. It's really hard for me to get over it. And one thing I didn't notice about Cogsworth, I want you to look up a picture of him right now and look at, I did not realize in my memory, it was just like the center part. There wasn't anything else there. But when you look at pictures of him, he's got a fucking clit on his head. In the middle of that center part, there's like a little fucking <laughs> nub pointed up that I You're swear right. to God. I don't know if I would have, I wouldn't have called it a clit, but it. I definitely it wouldn't like have called golden... it a clit until I just started looking at it. And now it's all I can see. You know what? It does look like a clit because his face is like in the shape of a vagina and his hair looks like labial. Yes. His hair holes. looks like labia. I knew there was. A reason why I thought Cogsworth was like hot. <laughs> but- <laughs> anyway, um, and then the candlestick is like so phallic. So the two of them together, yes, the two of them mm, together are actually oh a my couple. My. I, like I know they the candlestick are. is like fucking that feather duster or whatever, but I mean, Beauty and the Beast has a lot of homoeroticism going on, and I love it. <laughs> Like um, yeah, what what are they? Le- Gaston, Le- Gaston and, and, and Lefou. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Talk about a romance. It's interesting. The Gaston Lefou relationship is pretty similar to the Lumiere Cogsworth relationship. It is. I love that they doubled up on it. Yeah, they really in one movie. Someone was working through something. we writing that movie. Um, and they were also into furries. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all that movie's all about unrequited romantic feelings and how to get yeah. past that. Um, it's good. Did you like the live action version? Uh, I thought it was okay. It was fine. I don't. I think I like barely the, remember it. I think the the sort of sentimental nostalgia for the music kind of pulled me through it, even though I like the cartoon version better. Yeah. The cartoon version was definitely better. And I just have like very fond memories of the cartoon version, but me too. But they're now ruined by this fucking clit head. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I can't unsee. I think when, when generation Z has the middle part, their hair doesn't go up. It just, it's just flat. It's just flat. Yeah. Which is hard to pull off. If you're not like a hot person, I think it can look pretty. I think that's the thing that happens that you realize as you get older is like 20 year olds always think what they're doing is the reason why they're hot. But the reason they're hot is because they're 20. Like they can kind of pull (laughs) off any look. And it's a flex. It's a flex to like have a middle parted dorky hair and then like ugly chunky white sneakers or whatever and still look hot. I yeah. mean it's hot people be flexing. Yeah. Um 
One thing that Generation Z does that I don't like is they use um, that emoji with the big watery eyes. It's like, oh, like please. sad baby. Yeah, and it's like step on my balls. Like it just has that kind of energy. <laughs> and all the youngs use it, and I hate it. Um, but then I'm getting last mixed month- messages because I've been told that they don't use emojis at all. Oh, really? Okay, maybe I don't know who who uses this because to to me, I I see like people younger than me using it, but I don't quite know yeah. who is and who isn't. Um, and I, I re- it makes me recoil. Like I hate it. But then briefly last month. I was PMSing, um, and then I suddenly liked it. And I was like, I am this emoji. I am a big watery-eyed bottom. Um, and- <laughs> oh, yeah. They do that one with the, like, two hand, the fingers touching each other below Yeah, it. they're like, please, don't don't hurt me. I mean, I feel like mommy. the joke is, is that that's repellent, right? Like, the joke is the <sighs> irony of it being like, oh, that's, like, a disgusting way to approach someone. Is it? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've st- I've I've definitely like expanded which emojis I'm okay with using. Like I'll use the one with like a little tongue out like Bleh! you know, I just yeah, <laughs> cuz I I think it's like it's kind of repellent in a funny way. So maybe they're using it the same way. I like, just, this is so gross. It's cool. I just only use the electric guitar emoji now. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I haven't found a situation that it's not appropriate for. <laughs> That's how I feel about the jack-o'-lantern one. It's like, I, it is me and it's appropriate in every situation. Yeah. Every situation. <laughs> Telling me about a tragedy that happened in your life, I'll send yeah. you that pumpkin. Electric guitar. <laughs> 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 Um, all right. I love that the electric guitar is like a like a boomer emoji. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's like if there was a Tom Petty emoji, I'd use that. But <laughs> oh, I actually I love Tom Petty. I do oh. too, but I recognize the associations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we should do one of our segments. It's time for Chunch Chat. Our regular, oh yeah, or we'll be right back with Chunch Chat, a regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony Ben Chunch. Baby Geniuses is brought to you this week by Dipsy. Just because you're grown up doesn't mean you've outgrown bedtime stories. Whether you want a story to turn you on or wind you down for better sleep, Dipsy helps you get in touch with yourself for some extra sweet dreams. I feel like I'm always asking Peter to tell me a story at bedtime and he won't do it. So I'm really glad that there's a service <laughs> that will do it. <laughs> Dipsy provides. And I'm always looking for something sexy to turn me on, to distract me from all the horrors of the world. <laughs> and they provide that too. Dipsy also provides. <laughs> Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. Dipsy also has wellness sessions to help you learn more about yourself and bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. I feel like this app has so much variety. Like you can find like kind of like a meditation session if you want, or you can also be like, I want like a sexy story about a threesome with like a professor and his students. And you can find that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like whatever, whatever you're in the mood for, Mm. they've got it. There are a lot of boat floating options for you (laughs) for whatever makes, makes your ship more buoyant. Um, (laughs) And we've also heard from our (laughs) listeners how much they've enjoyed using Dipsy and how it has changed their masturbation game. I think we all need a little bit of imagination boost as as this time in our lives has been going on. And for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash geniuses. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash geniuses. Imagine all the stories you can listen to in 30 days. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot. Dipsystories.com slash geniuses. Baby Geniuses is supported in part by Libby. Woohoo! Oh, we love Libby so much. Libby's a free reading app created by Overdrive that lets you borrow ebooks and audiobooks from your library on your phone, tablets, Kindle, or computers. All you need is a valid library card from your library. 
Even if you don't have a library card currently, you can read samples of any book you see on there. It's great. They do provide like really long excerpts from any book you click on. It's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And they have such a wide selection of uh, ebooks and audiobooks. And it works just like your physical library. You simply borrow available books you want to read, and then they return themselves automatically after your loan expires. You don't have to drive up to that big mailbox with the slot in it and and put them in that. And I mean, that is a very satisfying experience, but um, you don't have to do that. You can do both. You can do both. You can, you can borrow physical books and borrow eBooks. Like the number of books that I read each year has increased so much when I started using Libby. It's because it just makes it so easy and like low, you know, commitment. You can just borrow books for free. And then if you don't like them, you just return them. It's yeah. like, it's so easy. It's so easy. It has totally upped the number of books I've been able to get through. And it's uh, it's just wonderful. Uh, you can download Libby in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to start borrowing and sampling eBooks and audiobooks to Today. I uh, recently read um, a couple different. I just read a whole David Sedaris audiobook um, just because I was like, you know what? I'm in the mood for something super light. And I, they have uh, <laughs> pretty much all of his books on there. And it was just like a nice little, like, okay, yeah. They have everything. Yeah, they have everything. I started reading this book that's, that's not very light on there, but it's uh, called We Too and it's essays about sex work. Um, oh, and wow. it's like, it's really good and it's brand new and Libby had it and it was available to borrow so I just got it it's it's an, it's amazing you should get Libby <laughs> <laughs> download Libby today for free hey it's John Moe and look these are challenging times for our mental and emotional health I get it that's why I'm so excited for my new podcast Depression Mode We're tackling depression, anxiety, trauma, stress, the kinds of things that are just super common but don't get talked about nearly enough. Conversations that are illuminating, honest, and sometimes pretty funny with folks like Patton Oswalt, Kelsey Dara, and Open Mike Eagle. I have this public-facing self, and then I have my emotional self that tends to stay hidden. It was about finding a way to communicate to somebody that, like, there's terrible shit going on back here. Plus psychiatrists, psychologists, and all kinds of folks. On Depression Mode, we're working together, learning, helping each other out. We're a team. Join our team. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. Judge. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, fine wine, full moon, and we're chatting about church and chunch. So there's no new uh, chunch news, but uh, I just have some Martha stuff. Um, first, I wanted to read a caption um, from the Instagram account official Sean Penn, which is run by Caroline Goldfarb, who's a really funny person and writer. Um, and she just wrote this caption about Martha Stewart. Growing increasingly convinced Martha Stewart is the only person who understands what we come to Instagram for. Her undying commitment to posting not only the most evocative, but also the blurriest and most low-def thirst traps whenever a drop of Sauvignon Blanc hits her bloodstream is what keeps me opening this app. Martha can't help but bring that DIY touch she's famous for to each of her posts, serving a spontaneity and undeniable glamour in her grid that can only come from someone with a sharp memory of the Nixon administration. (laughs) She wakes up each morning looking camp directly in the eye, and for that we are endlessly grateful. I just thought that was like a perfect summary of what I like so much about Martha's Instagram. Yeah. Um, And then I went over to Martha Stewart 48, her account, and she said, it's that time of year. Galanthus, most commonly known as snowdrops, are in full bloom. We are lucky enough to have permission to visit about a secret half mile of these historically interesting spring flowering bulbs. Can't tell you where, but enjoy the photos. Um, And it's just like a bunch of photos of this magical, fucking gorgeous forest carpeted with these beautiful white crocuses, like these blooms. And it's just gorgeous and i want to know where it is it looks like a fucking like miyazaki movie it's so beautiful the mystery around like like, i can't tell you where these flowers are it's like are you on epstein's island where are you (laughs) i mean it made me want to like crack open google maps and just try my hardest to find where this could be i mean i'm sure it's like somewhere in like connecticut but like (laughs) it's beautiful oh man um 
And then lastly, Adam made a Martha Stewart recipe last night. Ooh. It was uh, spaghetti with asparagus and poached eggs. How was it? Um, so good. It was delicious. It tasted kind of like, it had this like springy, like cacio e pepe kind of flavor. Mm. And he cooked my eggs extra long because I'm squeamish about wet eggs. Um, yeah. It was delicious. And then we were wondering like, does she, did this recipe actually come from Martha or did her staff just kind of do it? Or does she personally te- like test all the, I don't know. Yeah. I, Goodness. it's, it's curious with a brand like that, like, you know, at the beginning, she was responsible for most of it. But then at a certain point, it's like you just sort of know what the vibe is, right? Yeah. Yeah. It fits. It fits with the branding. Yeah. It was really good. Mm, I'm hungry now. I know. <laughs> mm. Soon we can eat. Does that conclude Chunch Chat? Yes. That concludes Chunch Chat. Uh, we'll be right back with one on fun. It's time for One on Fun, our regular segment where Lisa and I ask each other a question. (laughs) Uh, Emily. Yes. When did you know you were in love with me? What is happening? <laughs> you know what? Right now, this is how I'm coming to terms with it. <laughs> she fly- it's been years and she just didn't let she wouldn't admit it to herself I admit until it now. To myself, but now when I finally asked the question, yeah, I confronted it. It was when you said the phrase <laughs> wet eggs. <laughs> I almost barfed after saying that. Could anything be more disgusting? Oh, wow. Okay. Give me a dry egg every time. (laughs) Um, Lisa. Oh, boy. Uh, If you were in control of the weather... How would you wield that power in just like in the area directly over your own home? Assuming that like you were <laughs> you were using your power to like correct for like climate catastrophe elsewhere, but in where you mm-hmm. live, it's just purely based on your own pleasure. Okay, so yeah, so ignoring the needs of the world and others. Yes, you're taking care of that selfish. elsewhere, like just your own s- certain. Um. I mean, I, I love like a crisp fall day. So there'd be a lot of that. Mm-hmm. There'd be a lot of like beautiful springy days where it's like f- the air just feels fresh, but it's also kind of like not too hot. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, 70 degrees max and um, a lot of rain. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love being inside when it's raining outside. This is such a basic answer, but like... <laughs> It just feels so good. It's like, ooh, I'm so cozy inside, and I'm so grateful for that. And it's so wet outside, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I like a storm. Just like lightning and uh, stuff. Yeah, just a little like, ooh, scary. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I'm in here. <laughs> How long would you make that last? I mean, not that long. Maybe yeah. just, and it would be like in the evening. Yeah. Um, maybe like once a week or so. All right. Yeah. A little storm action. And then a little snow on Christmas morning. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't think this relationship's going to work. <laughs> uh, all right. Every, every holiday morning it would snow. <laughs> that would be honestly great. <laughs> Even 4th of July. <laughs> No, 4th of July, you need the sky to be clear for fireworks. I know. Yeah, you do. You really do. Um, All right. That concludes One on Fun. We'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. This week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Evan Delano. 
Thank you, Evan. Uh, it is the Wikipedia page for Loveland Frog. This sounds familiar enough that I think we might have done it a long time ago, but I, I don't care. I like it. I just I, I picked it based on the name. I just yeah. like the way it sounds. <laughs> I like the way Loveland Frog sounds so much better than Garbage Ape. <laughs> I like them both a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 yeah. to both. In Ohio folklore, the Loveland frog, uh, in parentheses, Rana diglandomenicus, also known as the Loveland frogman or Loveland lizard, is a legendary humanoid frog described as standing roughly four feet tall, allegedly spotted in Loveland, Ohio. In 1972, the Loveland frog legend gained renewed attention when a Loveland police officer reported to a colleague that he had seen an animal consistent with descriptions of the frogman. After a purported <laughs> sighting in 2016, the second officer called a news station to report that he had shot and killed the same creature some weeks after the 1972 incident and had identified it as a large iguana that was missing its tail. <laughs> How large? How large? Oh, four, yeah. Four feet tall. Well, there's my favorite thing about this really is the artist's impression. The artist's impression is fucking fantastic. I, this, I'm sorry this is such a visual episode, but yeah, it's the, <laughs> the drawing of the frog. It's like a profile shot of the frog walking, kind of like Bigfoot, but right by the side of a highway, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's like casting a shadow on the median <laughs> and for he, some reason. Yeah, he's like got his <laughs> arms out right in front of him, just like. He looks guilty. Yeah. Hey, it's very guilty. I'm sorry. We don't know that this is a male frog. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. They are walking they. with their arms in front of them or her. We don't know. Okay. Um, I also like the little rendering showing how tall it is. Yeah, or compared to a, they a, a person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, University of Cincinnati folklore professor Edgar Slotkin compared the Loveland frog to Paul Bunyan saying that stories about it have been passed down for several decades and that sighting reports seem to come in predictable cycles. In May 2014, the Loveland Frog legend was made into a musical titled Hot Damn, It's the <laughs> Loveland Frog. Okay, okay. Lisa, before you read any further, I want you to tell me what you think the songs are in the Loveland Frog musical. Um, like what the, what the song names are? Yeah. Or how they go. Okay. Um... <laughs> it's a beautiful day in Loveland would be the first um uh-huh. <laughs> the first song. I hope there's no and big then, frog. <laughs> yeah. And then hot damn, what is that? <laughs> and then uh, maybe a maybe a little ditty that's like frog or lizard. <laughs> uh and then um waltz waltz of the Loveland frog. Mm-hmm. Um and then and then maybe uh isn't isn't she lovely? Like you think they of... just used the Stevie Wonder song? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And it's yeah. I bet there's a song called it's a, it's a Cold Blooded. <laughs> um yeah, and I think like the central metaphor is about being an amphibian. Okay, legends. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like there's a, definitely a part where the where the frog is like, "What am I?" and it's like a identity uh-huh. crisis that they're having about whether they go on land or water, and yeah, whether yeah. Um, okay, uh, legends. According to various legends, the creature was first. I'm large. <laughs> I'm large. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, ribbit, ribbit. Uh, <laughs> the ribbit overture. Um, all right. <laughs> According to various legends, the creature was first sighted in 1955 with some versions of the story specifying the month of May. There are three different versions of that story that only differ slightly from each other. The three stories start the same way, with a businessman or traveling salesman driving along an unnamed road late at night. The stories start to diverge at this point. In one story, <laughs> the driver was heading out of the Branch Hill neighborhood when he spotted three figures stood erect on their hind legs along the side of the road, each three to four feet in height, with leathery skin and frog faces. <laughs> 
In the other two versions of the story, the creatures were spotted under or over a poorly lit bridge. There are a number of bridges in Loveland going over the Little Miami River. The story tells of the businessman watching the figures converse for a while until one of the creatures held a wand over its head and fired a spray of sparks, startling the observer into fleeing the scene. So it's also a wizard. Yeah. I, I want to know what they were conversing about. Like, do you think they were all gossiping about a fourth frog? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Or they were just negotiating the terms of their, like, three-way relationship because they're the only three frog people. Mm, yeah. And if two of them become a couple, the other one will be left out. Yeah. Maybe they're all, like, kind of in a polyamorous, like, triangle. Yeah. That's complicated. It is. What th- that's complicated whether or not you're a, f- a frog. Mhm. Mhm. Um Loveland Police. On March 3rd, 1972 at 1 a.m., Loveland Police officer Ray Shockey was driving on Riverside Drive near the to- Totes Boot Factory <laughs> and the Little Miami River when an unidentified animal scurried across the road in front of his vehicle. The animal was fully illuminated in his vehicle's headlights, and he described it as three to four feet long and about 50 to 75 pounds with leathery skin. He reported spotting the animal crouched like a frog before it momentarily stood erect to climb over the guardrail and back down towards the river. See, this is how we know it's not really a frog because the frog would just jump. Yeah, but it's like a frog man. Yeah. So it has both froggy and man capabilities. It's really just the head that's a frog, sounds like. Yeah. Maybe. It's missing the most important frog parts, which is like the legs. Um, Okay. Two weeks after the incident, a second Loveland police officer, Mark Matthews, reported seeing an unidentified animal crouched along the road in the same vicinity as Shockey's sighting. Matthews shot the animal, recovered the body, and put it in his trunk to show Officer Shockey. According to Matthews, it was a large iguana, about three or three and a half feet long, and he didn't immediately recognize it because it was missing its tail. Matthew's spec- this is very, very, very cop-like behavior to just sort of yeah, shoot just it for shoot no reason. and then put it in your trunk and then just go yeah, show another cop. It didn't even do anything. Yeah, you're shooting it. Matthew speculated the iguana had been someone's pet that either got loose or was released when it grew too large. This is a good opportunity to uh, mention that um, cops shoot thousands of dogs every year. Thousands do of they? yes, they kill Why? so many fucking dogs um, because they're. Uh, they, because they have this impulse to, like, shoot first and ask questions later. And so when they go, like, to someone's house to, like, especially if they, like, Anything. go bang on the door of people's house aggressively and dogs bark to protect their owners, they, like, panic and shoot the dogs. There's a lot of different reasons, but most of the time it's because they're responding unnecessarily violently to a situation that does not require that much violence. Anyway, look into how many... That's kind of... That's what they do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> respond way too... Violently to every situation and escalate things. Yep. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) according to Matthews, Shockey was shown the dead iguana and confirmed it was the animal he had seen two weeks previously. Matthews recounted the incident to an author of a book about urban legends, but says the author omitted the part that confirmed that the creature was an iguana rather than a frogman. (laughs) Wow. Because iguanas can grow quite large. Yeah. They can they can grow up to like six feet long, can't they? Yeah, I guess they can get pr- really big, huh? Who would look at an iguana and be like, "Oh, that's a half man, half frog"? I guess someone who like isn't aware that iguanas can lose their tails and keep living. I don't know. Yeah, um, popular culture. In August 2016, a local Cincinnati TV station reported that a night of fun turned into a chilling tale of horror when two teenagers playing Pokemon Go between Loveland Madeira Road and Lake Isabella claimed to see a giant frog near the lake on August 3rd that stood up and walked on its hind legs. Are they sure that wasn't just a Pokemon? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He called himself Pikachu. <laughs> it was Charizard and he was very rare. Uh, it was later revealed to be a local student from Archbishop Muller High School in a homemade frog costume. <laughs> Citation needed. I have so many questions. Was this was this kid like trying to disrupt people's Pokemon Go games? 
Because it was that a thing people were doing <laughs> where like when everyone was playing Pokemon Go, would people dress up as like animals and just show up where they knew there was like a Pokemon Go character? <laughs> oh man, that would be funny. You're just you're running around in your Heathcliff costume, like <laughs> just being like trying to catch yeah. me. <laughs> I'm also important to this. <laughs> did you ever play Pokemon Go? I never did. Did you? Yes, I found it quite fun. Uh, I played it. I played it for a summer. So I played it like I went to like Comic Con that year, and I played it oh, wow. at Comic Con, and then I I would play it like around the Echo Park Lake. Um, yeah, and it was fun. What, I liked it. Do you remember why you stopped? Um, the app was really buggy, mm. so that annoyed me. Um, and I think I don't know. I just I mean I just play games and then suddenly stop after being obsessed with them for months. Yeah. I never got into it. Is it too late now? No, maybe they fixed all the the bu- the bugs with the app. Yeah, maybe it's better now. I tend to like get into things like that when it's no longer fun and a community experience. <laughs> <laughs> like no one's ever watching the same season of Love Island that I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm watching The Good Wife now. Uh, well, yeah, The Good Wife you can watch anytime. That's true, but it is very dated in many ways. Like it, you know, like the the I just finished the first season, which is from two thousand and nine, I think, oh, and it's wow. very much like you can. It almost feels like the nineties. It's so dated. Like even just the the shape of women's eyebrows were different. Oh yeah, there's some very very plucked eyebrows on this show. <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder if I I should revisit it. Um, I how are you? It's so good. It's so good. Right? Are you enjoying I it? Love it. I love it. Adam's kind of like, let's take a break now because we just watched 22 episodes or 23 episodes in a row. And I'm like, I can't believe you want to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I love Alan coming in it. Oh, he's so good. Even though he's He's such a little imp. Yeah, he's doing an American accent, which is always a little clunky. He's Scottish normally, right? Like that's where he's from. I think so, yeah. He should have just done his Scottish accent. Yeah, but I get why he couldn't, because he's supposed yeah. to be an American political operative. Yeah, it was still good casting. Yeah, he's still amazing. I mean, the casting on that show is great. There's so many good, good, like, character actors on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah. But yeah, I, I want, I, I'd be interested to rewatch that and see how it holds up. Cause also it is like s- attempting to be so current. I'm excited for you to finish yeah. and then start watching the good fight, which is also good. I know I'm, I'm really into the, getting into the extended wife of verse. That's <laughs> <laughs> my friend, Michael called it. <laughs> um, I have been rewatching modern family. Oh, and it's like. It's really like Peter just keeps walking through and being like, man, this family's modern. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really not. (laughs) Are you, what do you, do you think it still holds up? I thought it was like a very, very solid sitcom. I I got bored of it. So good when it came out and it still holds up pretty well. There's definitely some good jokes, but there's also a lot of like really, it's, it's definitely a time capsule. There's a yeah. lot of really racist jokes, um, mm-hmm. especially in light of the huge uptick in hate crimes against uh, Asian American people right now. It's like yeah. super appalling to see all of the jokes they made at the expense of this transnational adoptee character who is mm-hmm. literally the only Asian character in the show who doesn't talk for the first few years. Um, and that that stuff is pretty appalling. And it's also, it's just like, you know, it's crazy that for so many people in America that it was maybe a hard pill to swallow that there was like a gay family, even though it's like they're the most normie gay family you could possibly imagine. And yeah. and it's sort of like, oh, yeah, like things changed really fast as far as that goes in terms of like widespread acceptance. But it's wild how recently things like that were like not accepted yeah like it's, it's crazy how recently this was all we had <laughs> in terms of yeah. like queer representation of like and yeah and asian representation like it's uh like just the oscar nominations coming out and like steven yun being the first asian man nominated for a best actor is that correct i'm not sh- i mean there have definitely been supporting actor nominees but i think he might be the first lead yeah 
I know um, Demi Adijuibe did a, like a kind of deep dive and found that more actors have won the award for impersonating Asians oh, yeah. than actual Asian actors. There's been more yellow face o- Oscars. Yeah, that's isn't that just insane? It's wild. Like it's just it's fucking wild. <laughs> um, also, but. I think Stephen Young should win because he's an incredible actor. Um, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I am. I'm not biased. <laughs> the only Oscar movie I've seen is Borat. So <laughs> uh. <laughs> I did. I did see Minari, and it was really good. But it was weird to um, see him in such a serious role yeah. because we have him doing such stupid fucking shit on the season. <laughs> <of Tim Bernie. laughs> I'm so excited. He has. He has range. Yeah. He has so much range. So much he can range. Do serious. He can do funny. Um, Give him an award. Anyway, uh, uh, we finish this page. Yeah, we should finish <laughs> reading this page. <laughs> In fiction, James Renner's science fiction mystery novel, The Man from Primrose Lane, features a fictionalized version of the Loveland Frog. Matt Roberts's horror fiction anthology, Lil Horror Stories for the Soul, also features a fictionalized <laughs> version of the Loveland Frogman in the novella Suburban Legend. So, yeah, the title of that is Lil, L-I-L, not Little. Lil. <laughs> Lil, Lil horror, horror Stories. stories. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. Um, thank you for sending us this page. We liked it. I liked it as well. And I would really like to see the musical Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. <laughs> Hot Damn. I know. I kind of want to look it up. I wonder... It makes me think of like chess, the musical or something <laughs> like I, you know, the songs have got to be crazy. <laughs> um, that concludes wiki of the week. It's time now for what did I learn? What did I learn? What did you learn today? What did I learn? What did I learn? I learned about the garbage ape. I don't like it. <laughs> But I I respect that you like it. Thank you. I'm going to send you a bunch of comics now. And you're going to tell me to stop. (laughs) No, I'll like them. Um, It's better better than what most people send me. Um, I learned. Oh, we got. I I have to say what I learned, but then we can do the emails. Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) I got excited. I just know I'm going to forget to do what did I learn if we do anything else before I say it. I learned that Lisa <laughs> thinks I'm in love with her. <laughs> all right. Now go ahead. Um, all right. We got some listener emails. So uh, last episode, we were talking about um, store names that kind of stick in our heads and make us feel crazy. And you mentioned uh, Cougart. And someone actually wrote in and they said, I can actually speak to the meaning behind Cougart. I went there with my mom once and she struck up a conversation with the local business owners. She was curious what the name meant um, because it sounds like a Froyo place Mm -hmm. or something um, rather than a Persian restaurant. And the owner was very proud and said it was named after their signature cucumber yogurt sauce, Cugurt. Which sounds so good. It does sound delicious. Um, And it was like a Los Feliz staple. So it's sad to see it go. Um, Hopefully they can reopen somewhere else uh and then we also got an email from someone who said i think about the fact that there is this place in new york called my belly's playlist like every day (laughs) my partner used to get a lot of sandwiches from there and says it's actually pretty good but i love it and truly i can't stand it It, (laughs) my belly's playlist it really sounds like there's no way for me to not think about indigestion because when I yeah. picture my stomach listening to music and then dancing, that's yeah. what I think of when I think of a playlist. I also just think of like the noises my stomach makes. Yeah. There's no like, there's no musical stomach thing that sounds like things are working well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I really hate and love this yeah. as well. Um, and then we got one more. Someone just sent me uh a store called Barber Streisand. It's a hair <laughs> a barber. Barber Streisand. It's horrible. Oh, wow. It's awful. Thank you for sending it. I'm trying to think of like... <sighs> I saw a store once called Vapes of Wrath, and I think about it a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. I have to imagine there were some like Alameda-like classic establishments that I just like... I never thought twice about the name, but now I would be like, what the fuck? Like, I feel like there was one that was like, it's your hair or like, 
It's the hair or something that was like a hair salon, but I don't think I'm getting it right. I'm going to ask my dad. I think it was right next to his office. There's a, a Thai place in LA called um, It's Thai Home Toronto. And I think about it a lot because the word home Toronto really bothers me. <laughs> it's not a pun. But it definitely sticks in my head and I remember it. So that's good. But home Toronto. Home Toronto. And also, what does that <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean? It's supposed to sound like welcoming and homey. Yeah, like home style it's food, or is it in a house? Like, what is happening? I don't know. Um. All right. Well, that's our show. You can email us your favorite um <laughs> store or restaurant names to babygeniusespodcast at gmail and send us wiki links too, please. Um, we should also uh, mention that um, we are uh, looking for. Um, we would like to hear from you about uh, what this show means to you as we're gearing up for Max Fun Drive yeah, this year. Max Fun Drive is coming. Yeah, um, and uh, I would love to hear from you um, either via email or audio clip, um, and just you know say what the show has meant to you. Um, we might be able to share your thoughts in an upcoming episode. You can email or text audio messages to member stories at maximumfun.org or call and leave a message at 323-601-8719. And if you, yeah, if you leave a message or send us a message, we might put it in an upcoming pledge drive. Yeah. Like, you might hear it. You might be, um, so that would be famous. Really cool. We'll make you famous. Yes. Beyond it's your wildest ruin dreams. your life. <laughs> <laughs> it will be a curse upon you. Um, the paparazzi will <laughs> follow you. Um, all right. Uh, that's our show. Thanks. Thanks to our producer, Rob Perra. Thanks to our composer, Nate Heller. You can follow me. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. I'm Elisa Draws. And goodbye. goodbye. Yay. We know everything. Baby geniuses. We know everything. Baby geniuses. We know everything. Baby geniuses. We know everything. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. <laughs> Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.